<laughs> you, you, you just want an audience for your cyberbullying. Hello, and welcome to Good Bad Show. My name is Andy. And I'm Matt. And this is a podcast where every time I open Skype to talk to Matt, it's a different interface. Every single time, Skype looks totally different. Today, I got a notification saying, when you close Slack, I mean, when you close Skype, it's going to update itself. Oh, they, they even told you. going to get a totally brand new thing? Yeah, they told me this time because I hit that little notification button, which is new to the interface. They said, wave goodbye to this Slack. You'll never see it again. This yeah, was the, they, sl- I'm not, sorry, not Slack, Skype. Woof. Ooh, that was a, that was a slip. Wave goodbye man. to this Skype. You'll never see it again. This was the mid-June 2018 Skype, which only existed for 10 days. Now there's a brand new Skype. There's that little bell icon just for this one update. They put the bell icon in there to tell me that it's going away forever. And then the next interface, it won't be there. I mean, that's my guess. There are pros to this. They're clearly working on it, right? I mean, there's a new Skype every couple of weeks, so this, you got to be working on it hard. I mean, sure, there is that. You can't, you can't knock active development. But the, uh, here's, here's what I like. What do you like, Matt? Tell me. Skype and Skype for business are not the same thing. They're like, do you have totally- Skype for business? I've never, I've never used Skype for Business myself, but I've been invited to a Skype for Business meeting, and the number of times it asks you to download the plugin in order to use it, also it's not the Skype app, uh, could not be more confusing. It's like trying to log into Adobe Cloud. You're like, log in. Okay, thanks. Anyway, do you want to log in again? You're like, what? I thought, I thought we just did that. It's a lot of that. Mm. A lot of, uh, you know, uh, enterprise software. Enterprise software means it just doesn't work well, right? Is that how that goes? And it's overpriced. That's the other thing about enterprise software. Oh. Oh, good. Yeah. So it doesn't work well, but also you pay more money. I'm sure you've experienced this. You also run a small company. You've run up against a situation where there's the enterprise pricing model, and you look at the numbers and say, what on earth do we get for paying 300% as much as the non-enterprise pricing model? And the answer is almost next to nothing. Maybe, maybe you get an interface where you can, like, manage users remotely and mm-hmm. you can like remove people from your team without having to like log in under their name but uh but this week matt i want to talk about a controversial subject we don't always talk about controversial things in the show but sometimes we do well this week, you have a way of making things controversial well people have a way of taking things i say and deciding that i am controversial about them i, yes. I have this thing we've talked about this before at least in our own lives i'm not sure if we talked about this on air on this show but there's this way that i say things that people assume that i'm presenting it as fact and not my opinion right is that a fact or an opinion that you just stated hard to say hard yeah to i can't say. tell i can't tell this is the thing that has plagued me most of my adult life and it makes it difficult for me to say things that i just think because people think that i'm presenting it as fact and then they get all fighty about it and they want to tell me that my facts are wrong and i'm like whoa 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 it's just how i feel what's going on i mean to be fair to all these other people you do say everything the same way whether it's a question a fact an opinion uh, it's it's loud and confidently. What makes always. you think that, Matt? <laughs> yeah, okay. Are you that you're that Will Ferrell character who can't control the volume of his voice? Do you have some sort of a uh, some sort of a disability? I did like that while we were at the lake house this weekend. You made fun of me for not being able to turn me down in real life the way you can turn me down in your headphones. I thought that was a funny joke to it say was, in it real was, life. It was a good joke, no doubt. I I was hoping it would make you laugh, like a good Airbud joke. <laughs> there was a lot of Airbud jokes. This episode is about Airbud jokes, the most controversial subject of all. Is that dog that can play basketball funny or not? Wait, there's nothing in the rule books that says a dog can't play basketball. Nothing in the rule book says you can't do a podcast about a dog that can or can't play basketball. This is getting confusing. Do you think that that entire movie, that entire franchise, because there are many movies in the Airbud and Airbud adjacent franchises, do you think yeah. that entirely stemmed from just one dog that could do one weird trick where you threw a basketball at it and it would like shoot a hoop? You think that's where that entire thing came from? I would be willing to bet if it didn't come from that, at, at the very least, in order to sell it, they were like, also, we found the dog already. <laughs> they're like, you like, found, oh, well then, yeah, we're all in. Like, you don't think they sat down and were like, we need to make another heartwarming family film. And then they were like, what if an animal was involved? And they were like, people also love sports movies. Can we com- somehow combine an animal and a sports movie? And they eventually got to the point where they were like, we need to find a dog that can shoot free throws. Yeah. That, that sounds completely like Occam's no, no, Razor. No, no. I think Occam's I Razor. Think, that sounds insane. Somebody just said I think video. we're just lucky that there isn't uh, a series of many, many series of movies about that squirrel from America's Funniest Home Videos that can surf. I think we're oh, just lucky yeah. that that's not. <laughs> or that skateboarding bulldog. Franchise. I'm surprised there's not a Disney movie about the skateboarding bulldog. Right? 
Yeah. I mean, we all saw it as a kid. Why wouldn't you turn that into 17 movies? <laughs> I mean, yeah, just it had to be the other way around. There's someone what just sent a video di- of their dog shooting a free throw and then skateboard boom. Skateboard into a football. He becomes a kicker. There's nothing in the rule books that says you can't skateboard a dog into a football. You know? also nothing in the rule book says you can't <laughs> full on tackle that bulldog. <laughs> Well, I guess That's... you can't tackle kickers. So there is something in the rule book that says you can't tackle the bulldog. Well, running backs are short for a reason because it's kind of hard to get down to the ground and get them. Oh, I mean, boy. If you, imagine think, if you think running backs are short, do I have a <laughs> proposal for you? Is it is it a bulldog on a skateboard? American Bulldog's low center of gravity, right about shin height. You're just going to have tacklers tripping over them like they got tabletopped. Yeah, yeah. They could even go through, like, go through Spud Webb's legs. Even small players. Yeah, that was, totally. That was that a crossover guy. episode. He was in basketball. But, you know, if Spud Webb played in the NFL, then the dog on the skateboard could go through his legs. Anyway, am I doing a good job of this game where I never let you introduce the topic? Is Spud Webb the new Muggsy Bowes? Muggsy Bowes is my hallmark short mm. basketball player. Well, here's the thing. They are, you're actually correct in that Muggsy Bogues should be the hallmark because uh, he is one inch shorter than Spud Webb was. Uh, Muggsy Bogues was six. What's up? I, mean, I know five, more three. about sports than you do. Muggsy Bogues was 5'3", Spud Webb was 5'4". That is so short. I'm amazed. But but Spud Webb could dunk. And and this may or may not be true. He either won a dunk competition or he was just in one. Both are momentous. (laughs) Uh, But in my memory, he won a dunk competition. So, yes, Muggsy Bogues was one inch shorter, but a 5'4 guy could dunk. I thought Muggsy Bogues could also dunk. Who do you want on your fantasy team? I thought Muggsy Bowes could also dunk, at least in, like, exhibition, like, before the game or in a contest. Maybe not mm. in the game itself when defenders are trying to block him, because that would be hard to dunk the if other you thing were I half remember as tall that, as the person defending you. The other thing I remember is that uh, Muggsy Bogues was pretty prominently featured in Space Jam, and I think alongside Manute Bowl, yeah, who that guy's the very tall. guy. Uh, yeah, I think he was 7'7". So, they were on the cover you know. of Sports Illustrated together back in the time of my life where I cared about sports. That's basically like when I stopped following basketball back then. Okay. Actually, that's for me, too. I don't really follow basketball, but uh, when I was a kid, I really cared about it. Mm-hmm. And I do remember that cover. Yeah, it's a good cover. Anyway, Matt, that's not what we're talking about tonight. So I don't know why we spent 9 minutes and 13 seconds talking about it, because it's not pertinent to our topic, which is very serious and very controversial. Okay. Matt, I want to talk about ad blockers. <gasps> wow gasp now are you willing to disclose whether or not you use an ad blocker on on air live i do use an ad blocker on your laptop and mobile device not on my mobile device but i use one as a chrome extension mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i also use ad blockers on all of my internet connected devices upon which ad blockers may be installed yeah and i, I don't i don't go crazy with it i don't go uh I don't, like, turn off JavaScript and stuff, but I do... <laughs> well, that would make basically the entire internet not work anymore, because the entire internet is contingent upon JavaScript these days. There was a point in time where I was working on a thing that I was worried that uh, an app that blocked JavaScript would break it, but now I realize that, yeah, it, nothing works, so, you know, good luck. Yeah, my rule is, if you can't use Facebook, then whatever set I'm making doesn't matter either, <laughs> so so you can't use Facebook without JavaScript, as I understand it. Uh, it at least won't work correctly. So I don't care if my things don't work with JavaScript uh, disabled either. Matt, this is a controversial topic, right? So the internet is a very interesting place in that I think there's a good chance that if there was some equivalent to ad blockers in the physical world, basically some way to circumvent the monetization strategy of various media outlets... Mm-hmm. I think there'd be a lot of people that would be pushing for that to be illegal. Uh, and I yeah. and I actually did a little bit of research for this episode. Just I was Googling some things about ad blockers to kind of read up a little bit. And one of the first autocompletes I typed in, I, I think I typed are ad blockers. And then the first autocomplete was illegal because people are searching whether or not they're illegal. Because it seems like a thing that in America, in the current police state we live under, could possibly be, be illegal, Right. That it you could. Can... However, we do live in a country where, well, I don't know if this, is, this might just be every country, but we do live in a country where the politicians are so old and white that they'll never figure out the internet. So we're safe. They're never going to touch this thing. Did we're not you see... get some cool young hip politician who knows what an ad blocker is. Well, actually, this is kind of, it's kind of interesting. Did you see the picture recently of, uh, I think it was like trade negotiations or some other kind of political meeting between the U.S. and China? 
And the picture was just like down this long table with the U.S. representative sitting on one side and the Chinese representative sitting on the other. And the our side of the table was just 80-year-old white dudes that seemed like they could barely hold their glasses. Uh, yeah. And then the Chinese side of the table was all like young uh, vivacious looking people that were clearly like the next generation that were going to inherit this diplomatic relationship. <laughs> so you're, I did not see this, but you're what you're implying is that one side of the table may ask to have their emails printed. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, I, one side of the table might ask, might, might dictate emails, uh, dictated but not read, and then uh, send their emails. Yes, that might be possible. But, um, but yeah, so app blockers are an interesting topic for me because they allow you to circumvent. This whole an entire industry, right? This entire business model for so, so many publishers, both large and small, uh, that are supported entirely by ads, uh, as well as some products that are supported entirely by ads. And I install ad blockers, but generally speaking, I would say that my, my sort of tilt is towards like, the greater good. Like when I'm doing something, I, I try very hard to like break myself out of my like selfish perspective on what's like best for me and think about like, what if everybody did the thing I'm doing, right? Like I'll throw my one piece of garbage on the ground, but if everyone did that, then the whole world would be covered in garbage. I, I try very hard to like put myself in that, in that light when I'm making decisions about stuff like this. Uh, and I can honestly say that ad blockers are one of the only things that I know if everyone else did what I do with ad blockers tomorrow hundreds and hundreds of websites would just go out of business completely. Right, right? that's true. Uh, and yet, this is a behavior that I'm okay doing. So before I get into my reasons, which I've thought about a little bit more and had some time to prepare more than you have, I'm curious to know, Matt, just why do you use an ad blocker? What is your, what is your motivation? The reason I started using ad blocker was because uh, my <laughs> the, the ads that are targeted at me at the time were so messed up because I was doing so much research on like just just from working on client projects, like doing research. Look, on I was ads, doing a lot of research, research on, on hentai, and I can't help that all my ads were targeted towards me. It was just a lot of things that I had no, I, I didn't want to be advertised to me, and just reminded me of work all the time, and just it it had nothing to do with me. It was like all of the clients that I was working on, and so I just was like, I want to, I want to just be on Reddit and not be reminded of work all weekend. Can I just turn this off? And so I then I was like, well, yes, of course I can just turn this off. I could have done this a long time ago. And so then I did. And then I've kind of slowly been uh, working towards changing my settings enough where I feel okay about <clears throat> letting some people in and seeing some ads because that is how they're supported. And other places I just decide, well, you know, if you can't do this in a way that isn't so offensive that I can't deal with it, then you get blocked. You get you got a certain amount of leeway. You don't get it anymore. You get blocked. You get That's blocked. how I feel about it. Yeah. I try to, but I try to be tolerant. Like I don't do, you know, I don't, I have the I have one of those that like lets you turn on and off pretty much every setting on the entire web page. Uh, and you got, you got I, a ghostry, I right? Minimal. I assume. Yes, that's exactly what I use. Yeah, yeah. I think we can recommend it. I mean, Ghostry is my preferred ad blocker by a pretty wide margin. It uh, because pretty much it lets you control you... every single thing that you see on a web page. It does. Uh, you, you could you can both... you could make <laughs> you could make a web page just black and white times new roman if you want to it basically well that uh, but also you can whitelist whole sites in ghostry and say look this domain name i trust i want all this stuff to be loaded on here you can also whitelist specific trackers so you can say i don't care about google analytics i want google analytics to load in every single page that i load regardless of what the url is uh, it gives you a lot of fine control if you are into like carefully tuning the things you actually care about which is both both allows you to like somewhat skirt some of the like moral and ethical problems with ad blockers because you can say well i am going to support npr or i'm going to support you know this independent publisher but i'm going to keep my ad blocker turned on for cnn or whatever uh but it also allows you to like functionally like sometimes ad blockers break things right because there's some part of the page that is dependent on some javascript loading and your blocker blocks that javascript and now you can no longer submit this form or whatever and having ghostry allows you to like you know pause the blocking of the page to do mm. the one action you need to do and then kind of keep going so uh blanket recommendation for ghostry it's a great service it also gives you it's it more visibly gives you a window into just how many trackers these sites are trying to load on your browser like that's sometimes, the most interesting where it's just it just gives you uh, a big old number that's way higher than you would expect it to be and yeah you go, 
how could this page even load? How can it load 1,372 JavaScript plugins? Yeah, sometimes you uh, click on like, like a, a lot. Sometimes you click on like a top Google result on some website you've never heard of, and it's like, what 300 tracker is wanting to load? And the crazy thing is that if you unpause it, <clears throat> if you unblock that site, the the loading of those trackers will trigger the loading of more trackers because some of them don't even bother trying to load this batch of trackers unless that other one already loaded and we got a callback from it. So it's a, it's a wild world out there, and Ghostry gives you a nice little lens into that, uh, which I recommend for everybody. Uh, so I, your story's interesting. That You're like, look, these ads were just so bad. Like, they were doing such a bad job of the creepy, like, tracking they do of all of the sort of sites that you visit and all of your activity on the Internet uh, that they're doing a bad job of it. I'm just going to turn it off because I don't want to get ads for this I don't know, HVAC ducts or uh, electrical wiring or whatever it was you were researching yeah. at the time. Even, for it's not even, not even necessarily that it was bad. It was just, uh, it could even be sometimes just be ads I made. And I was like, I don't need to see this all weekend. Wait, 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 wait. Doing... You saw an ad you made on some other website before? Yeah, I certainly have. Yeah. Wow. That's never happened to me. I've never designed ads that would go on a website like that. Oh, yeah. That's come up before. I mean, if you work on any sort of SaaS app that markets, uh, I think it's pretty common for <laughs> you might design an ad for a Facebook or you know Google Ads or whatever, and then you spend all your time on that website researching. Hey, you must whatever. like this thing. Yeah, it's like, hey, for you, You're like, well, yeah, I work on it, but leave me alone for now. I I know about it. I know about it very well. When is the last time you used a web browser with no ad blocker for any more than like one incidental page load? Uh, I did at some point I turned off all my Chrome extensions cause I was, uh, overwhelmed by the number of them that I had installed while testing things. And so I just turned every single one off cause it was like, this is a nightmare. And then I kind of forgot about it. So maybe like a month ago, I went a week without, without using anything. Uh, and it was jarring. There are some websites, some websites, it's whatever. Some websites it's super jarring. You kind of forgot how much you were blocking. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've, I've done that. And also, I don't do it on my phone. I don't block anything on my phone because I think, <clears throat> for the most part, I'm browsing the internet via apps and not via the web browser. So it doesn't come up as much. Um, and as far as I know, like you can't, I, I don't know about like, can you, is there a way to install an ad blocker that blocks an in-app, like inline message, you know? Yeah. So, well, not in, it depends on how it's implemented in the app, but this is a big feature that Apple added, I, I want to say, three years ago now to iOS, where they added the ability for ad blockers to basically work on all web views throughout the entire application. Oh, the yeah, entire I'm aware of system. that. I'm aware of that, but I'm talking about uh, like a Twitter or Reddit or something where they use their own platform to promote things, and that's the ad. Like, there's not really a way to get rid of that. Yeah, so that, that's something I'd say I think important to note here. When we're talking about ad blockers... We're really not talking about ad blockers. I mean, what they happen to incidentally block most of the time happens to be an ad. But what we're talking about is blocking external third-party JavaScript or other scripts from being loaded on a page that does not share a root domain with the page that JavaScript is coming from, right? Yeah. Which could be anything, right? That's your Google Analytics. That's your integration with Discuss. That's your, you know, whatever. Uh, most of the time, this does come down to some form of tracking or advertising, but it could be anything being loaded that way. And it's also worth noting that if an advertiser or a media property, rather, devises some way to put an ad in front of you that is completely internal to the system, right? Like ad blockers are never going to block Twitter's promoted tweets, right? Or Twitter's like mm -hmm. sponsored tweets because there's no way for an ad blocker to differentiate between that and any other tweet in your stream that's just content coming to you directly from Twitter with no well, third I mean, party. There is, just they're not going to have access to that. Well, I mean, yeah, the... the the person making the ad blocker is not, never going to be able to know. Uh, I mean, right, there's obviously right. some distinction in the database somewhere, but you're not going to be able to tell if you're making an ad blocker. Um, which is also true of like, you know, if you're reading a, a blog and there's a sponsored article where, you know, the article was sponsored by some company because they sent some free product to them, like that's just obviously just going to show up. It's not going to be blocked by an ad blocker. You're just blocking these third-party JavaScript things, which is one of the reasons that... Uh, and I, I will fully confess that, like I've spent a fair amount of time thinking about this, I have not used the internet without an ad blocker, gosh, since maybe high school. Like, I have had an ad blocker installed ever since I knew they were a thing that could potentially exist. Uh, and it's like the first thing I install on a new device is I get an ad blocker up and running because it, when I use someone else's computer that doesn't have an ad blocker on it to like browse the internet, I am shocked. Like, totally, totally shocked by how many websites take 
five seconds, 10 seconds, 15 seconds to load, how many websites are just straight up broken? Like mm-hmm. you can't dismiss the pop-up or the, like the half page cover thing that went over uh, by how much of the internet just does not work. It's like, it is truly like you're like in a totally different, it's like two different internets if you are blocking ads versus if you're not. Uh, and it is kind of amazing to me that so many people out there use the non-ad blocked internet because it is a much worse experience overall. Like on the yeah. whole, it is just not fun. It is, things don't load fast. Things are broken. It's just really bad. So I've spent some time thinking about it. And one of the reasons that I'm okay, uh, or at least, and I'll confess, like, I may just be like working backwards to justify my decision so I don't feel bad about myself, right? Like I don't know that these are like totally principled, uh, you know, in a vacuum, like moral decisions. But one of the reasons I'm okay with it is because of how I just described how the technology works, right? Like these do not block any other form of sponsorship that a sort of uh, media property could figure out, right? Like if you're listening to podcasts and they do a sponsor read in the middle of the podcast, there's no conceivable way you could build an ad blocker to block such a thing. Like it would never happen. This Uh, podcast is brought to you by Ghostery. Exactly, basically. Uh, So basically what I'm instead, you know, blocking is I'm blocking these third-party tracking apps. And I know just enough about how the internet works and how these sites track people to be scared of it and to know that it's pretty creepy. Uh, and so I think part of my sort of, I, I honestly, I view using an ad blocker as kind of a protest. And one of the things I see myself as protesting is this attitude that, well, if you're on the internet and all this information is available via your browser, then it's just, you know, open season and anybody's website you go to should have free access to all the information they can possibly suck out of your visit to their website, uh, which I don't think is really like, honestly, I feel like the, the like meat space analog of that would be if like people had security cameras that were like, you know, trying to memorize your face and looking at the clothes you were wearing in a store and like, you know, looking at the things you were carrying and then sending that data to every other store so that every other store knew what stores you were in and what you were wearing and what your face looks like. Uh, Like, it's just an invasion of privacy that I don't think our, like, I don't think society has like ethically evolved enough to like have a conversation about. Uh, I think it's just like, because capitalism is so based on, well, if you can do it and it's not illegal, then you should do it and you should make as much money as possible doing so. Uh, I think it's just a problem. Um, is that something you've thought about too? Is that something that bothers you or are you kind of like, eh, whatever, it's just the price of technology in the modern world? No, I, it does bother me. I just, I feel like uh, it's kind of what I said earlier. Like I am willing to accept a degree of it, but there's a point at which I either know too much or don't don't care for what I've seen and then you get blocked. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a degree, like there's a, there's an amount of it where I'm fine with it because like, you know, how else is this going to work? You know, we haven't developed an alternate economy for this. Uh, you know, whatever, whatever, you're the product. We know that thing, right? Um, so I do I do get it, and I don't want to, like, pretend that, uh, I don't know. Like, it, it would be weird for me to, like, work on it and understand it and do it to other people and then not, not be willing to participate in it myself. Uh, I feel like I'm just trying to figure out a line where if I think something is too creepy or weird or just obtrusive, that's when I'm blocking it. So is your is your default in Ghostry set to block everything and then you whitelist stuff, or is it set to allow everything and then you put things on the cut list? Uh, I do block everything by default, and then when I like a thing, I will like whitelist it. Gotcha. So. That's one of the things that I, I think about. The fact that like so many services are sustained by these third-party advertising systems. And frankly, in a lot of situations, these independent publishers, they're not, you know, they don't really either know what they're signing up for or have a choice to not sign up for it, right? Like the kind of tracking these advertising systems do, that's just like par for the course. That's what advertising systems do. If you want to make money on an independently published, you know, website or whatever, you have to accept the terms of like, a oh, gross, yeah. it's creepy not like, advertising thing that's going to track you. It's not like there, there's not a, uh, a an ethical JavaScript bug and an unethical JavaScript bug. There's the JavaScript bug that they give you and you either put it on your site or you don't put it on your site. There's and I, I a, do want to acknowledge there are a few, at least that I'm aware of, and probably more than I'm not aware of, uh, <laughs> companies that are trying to do like ethical advertising. Uh, like I know of one ad network called The Deck uh, and there's another ad network called Carbon? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, those exist, but they're pretty small scale. They're like, 
they they allow in like a hundred websites and they they like sell a hundred products or whatever. They're pretty pretty yeah. small scale on. Uh, and and part of the reason they're small scale sites. is that they can't compete, right? Because if they're not tracking, like part of the way that advertising on these platforms works as an advertiser is that you want to know exactly how many people have seen your stuff, and that requires. Yeah. X amount of tracking to be done by the JavaScript <clears throat> libraries. And if you're running one of these like above board, moral, ethical uh, advertising platforms, you don't have a choice. You can't, you don't know. You, you can't sell that to your advertisers. You have to say, well, we, you know, statistically, it probably got seen this many times by maybe this many people. We don't know who they were. We don't know the demographics. We don't know anything about them. Uh, you have to kind of like believe in the morality of this. That that's what's going to sell you on advertising with us as opposed to something else. Um, which is a hard proposition. Like, it's not surprising that those companies maybe can't scale to the size of a giant advertising network because they oh, don't yeah. have the, they don't have the, they can't offer the same, they can't compete in the same way that gross uh, tracking advertising companies are competing. And I so. think, and I think to be on the other side of it too, if you're, if your job is to sell things and you need to find those people, like, it is, uh, you know, you're gonna go with the, with the you're gonna go with the creepy tracking ones, right? Yeah, until it becomes illegal, you're gonna do it because all of your competitors are doing it, and you like I there's there's not really an excuse for letting your company suffer because you pick the ethical tracker. It's just like this weird, um, it's this weird scenario to be in where you you have to do the the unethical thing because all your competitors are, and you will die otherwise. Which to me uh, is like this is like one of the most insidious parts of capitalism to me, and I feel like all our episodes or so many episodes come back to capitalism, but really that's what we're talking about, which is yeah. that you're the person in that position, you're in charge of marketing for product X or website Y or whatever, and you're looking across your office at all the people whose salaries are paid by the success of your website, whose kids are fed by the success of your website, who pay their bills and pay their mortgages by the success of your website, and all of a sudden it seems totally inhumane to do anything but hire the advertising or work with the advertising company that has the most information so you can maximize your return on investment and do all that stuff. And so you're put in a situation where like you have to make this you're it's you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. You can't yeah. make the ethical decision to like, go with the advertising company that upholds this like theoretical uh morality that you hold to be important and you are doing a much more uh like direct disservice and a direct unethical thing by making your company suffer uh, and not allowing people to sort of live a life uh, that are, that are working for your company because that's their, that's their livelihood. And, uh, the, and I think the end result is like what, what you are, what you are doing in your day to day. Like, I don't know, let's say you run a graphic tea company. You are trying to find people that you think will laugh at your graphic tea and put your graphic tea in front of them. And then if they like it, they will buy it. Like it, the, the tendrils of it and the amount of, the amount of information it's finding is probably not what you're thinking about. You're thinking about, I want to find all the people that like the graphic tee, which is not that, you know, that is not unethical to me. You know, the idea that you just want to find the people that like your product, uh, then you don't necessarily have control over how the data is found or what's even, you may not even know what's going on. You just get, oh, okay, this is going to go out to those people who I said, like funny graphic tees or whatever your thing is. Yeah, it's not implicitly unethical. It just sucks that it's part of this big malicious system where, like, that's the only way you can survive, right? And, like, you can, you right. can, go, you can go all the way down to the point where, like, if you don't have a successful business and a successful job, then you don't get to have a house in America. You get to be homeless, right? Like, like the way our system works is that you better figure out a way to make people buy what you're selling in a, like, literal sense or a metaphorical sense, or you will not succeed in America, uh, and that's what this whole thing comes down to, which is why, like I said earlier that I like view my use of ad blockers as kind of a protest. Uh, and that's the other kind of angle I see on it, right? Like I don't think that the tracking of people, the way that advertising currently works is ethical or moral. And mm -hmm. my abstaining from that system, uh, knowing of all of the possible ramifications that could befall both publishers I dislike and publishers I like very much and wish wish they would succeed and don't want to hurt their bottom line, knowing that there's going to be all that collateral damage. Uh, I want to protest this system and how it works and how it takes advantage of people. Uh, and honestly, at the end of the day, I want advertising to not exist anymore. Like I, I don't want things to only succeed when you can pay a bunch of money to put it in front of people's eyeballs and, and make them buy it and you know create yeah. this need for them. So I don't know. That's the other thing about it. And I also like... The internet is this one, 
this one final frontier that we are slowly losing our grip on where you can exist where like the priority is on how you want to interact with the system, right? Like the internet is this big world out there and you're allowed to explore it however you want. You can have an ad blocker, you can use a web browser from 20 years ago, uh, you can turn off all images and CSS in your web browser and just view everything as plain text, which some diehard people do. Uh, and that's like a beautiful thing to me that like the system is a, an open system that you can interact with however you please. Uh, yeah. And any, any attempt to impose uh, rules on how I'm allowed to interact with the internet is something I will fight tooth and nail. Well, I, I, you said, so two things. One, one thing that's interesting is you said you don't want advertising to exist anymore, which is an interesting thing to say, because it's kind of, uh, advertising is such a, such a broad idea. It's I mean, it's very it's foundational simply, in capitalism. It's simply like it's basically saying like you don't want putting, capitalism to exist anymore. At its, at its most basic form, it's just, you made a thing you think other people want, but you need to tell them about it. How else would they know? And then the other, uh, the other thing well, is... Well, if uh, I may, real quick, I think the, the main yeah. difference I want to point out there is I think there's a difference between telling people and paying to have other people tell people, uh, which is the thing that I, I draw a distinction between. Like, it's I not guess that, so, but I mean... It's not that you're not allowed to promote you yourself single, at the thing that you're doing. A single salesman versus... You, you can't have two people. You can only have one person. You know what I mean? Like, what... What is why is that a huge difference, really? I, it's hard to I don't know. Keep talking. I, I I'll think about that. And the other the other thing I think uh, that that I have a hard time with is that I I always want more information, and I want people to want more information as opposed to less. Uh, so in my so in my job, if 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 uh, a, a problem comes along, I'm going to ask for as much information as possible. However, to get that information, we probably have to use some sort of tracking information or uh, analytics tool or something that is going to gather data on people, right? Like once, once mm -hmm. you make it a priority to gather information to learn things, uh, and then we have the internet where you can learn a lot, in fact, maybe too much, how do you decide that you want less information? Like it seems like a core principle of mine that you want more information so you're more informed how do you decide at some point that you want to be less informed? Well, but you, I don't think that you would think about that exactly the same way in a context that wasn't the internet, right? Like if, you know, if you had a meeting with somebody and then afterwards somebody was like, hey, I got that person's entire medical records for you, you want it? <laughs> like yeah. you'd be like, no, that's a gross infringement on this person's <laughs> privacy. The chances that something in their medical record would have anything to do with what I want to like do with this person are so slim that it just seems like totally superfluous and ridiculous. You're but, right, like, except that the, um, the social norms of the internet currently are like, well, it's... It's, it's there. Do the server logs there. are just there. <laughs> yeah, they just, just have their IP address right there. They have all yeah. the cookies for all the other websites they visited just sitting there. So you just have to go out and pluck it, which I, I understand what you're saying, right? Because I am of a similar mindset where it's like, if I'm tasked with solving a problem, making a decision, I, of course, want to be armed with as much information as possible. Uh, but I just think that the like, where our like needle where like the acceptance is like societally for what we're, what will allow people to like collect and share on the internet is just very skewed by the fact that people do not understand what is being collected from them when they are navigating the internet because it is not intuitive and i think yeah. if people knew if people understood that like this facebook you know share button that's on this website uh, knows that you went to this website right because here you are on this website and there's the facebook tracker so obviously the tracker knows you're here it's also on every other website in the in all of the universe and in, in the broad internet. Like, what percentage of websites have the Facebook share button on them? And so, by virtue of that fact, Facebook knows all of the websites you've been to that have Facebook share buttons on them, and could optionally give all that data to everyone else that has a Facebook share button. Which is why, when you go to a website and you look at a new pair of sneakers, and then you go to a totally unrelated website five minutes later, there's an ad for that sneaker you just looked at right there. Like the way this whole system works is just not intuitive to people. It's like if you were walking into a store and somebody was like pricking you to take your blood type and like you were weighed by a scale and someone was like writing it down on a notebook as you walked in, <laughs> you would people would protest because they would understand what was happening. But the internet is like so removed. It's such a big remove and so few people understand what's going on behind the scenes that I don't think... Basically, I think that if people understood, there would be a much 
much higher level of like baseline protest about like how these systems work. And I think it's only a matter of time and it could be a long time uh, because the technology is going to continue to evolve and change as people's understanding of what it is and uh, relative <laughs> acceptance of that technology is going to grow and change. Uh, but I do think that it's just people don't know intuitively what's happening. Otherwise they would protest more and these things would seem not as, not as acceptable, but I, I'm, I'm with you. Like it's a thing you have to like, process because the natural inclination is like well here it is here's the information we can just go get it which is like what we're encouraged to do by all motivating factors in our lives right like you're trying to do the best job you can so you do a good job for your clients they're happy with you know the work they hired you to do so they hire you again so your company can continue to thrive you can continue to have a job like those are powerful motivations uh and it makes it very difficult to ignore any any possible benefit to to you in that situation. And that's a situation that every single website or for-profit company that has a web presence or a digital footprint at all uh, is in right now, which yeah. it just sucks so much. Yeah. And I can't, I can't help but think, uh, but think of it in the context of like uh, being informed about the world around you or your government or something like you want more information so you can make a more informed decision. And like, uh, I understand this is, these are public figures, but like, if you're voting for president or governor or senator, you want to know everything about them, even the weird stuff that you wouldn't want to know about people. Um, and obviously, so there's a difference between a public figure and a private citizen. But uh, I don't know that thought process. That thought process extends for me somehow. Um, I get it. I think it makes sense. It's consistent what you're saying. Uh, it's just, I think there is still a line in all those places, right? And it's just where that line is drawn. Yeah. Like, like if I they don't... were like, they were like, here's a bunch of dick pics from all the gubernatorial candidates. You wouldn't be like, well, this is important. I must figure out which governor is going to have the best dong. And that's going to be part of some small percentage of my deciding factor. Uh, it's just that where, <laughs> that line is just so hard to find, uh, in a lot of situations that are, where it's much less clear. What what if the what if you're voting for best dong? What if that's the that's true? What if that's the vote? Also, I feel bad that I said dick pics because, of course, there could be female gubernatorial candidates or people that identify as any gender that don't have uh, dick. So, sorry, I said that. I mean, maybe you just meant that like they uh, only the dick pics surfaced. There were mm. plenty of candidates. It just happened to be the dick pics that there you go that surfaced on the internet. First. That was that was how the primary was run. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's for most of politics. If it were run that way, the candidates would not be that different. Yeah, mm-hmm. I want to come back to your question about a world with no advertising because yes, uh, it is kind of a insane thing I said, uh, and I at least want to like a little bit insane. I at least I mean, want to flesh it out a little bit so it's not just kind of left there hanging. Uh, first of all, I do recognize that like advertising is saying you want a world without any advertising is saying you want a world that is not run by capitalism because those two things are completely intertwined even i want to remind you that sometimes we while we are bad at it we want to advertise the podcast even though we make no money so keep that in mind i want to hear your response to that well have we ever we've never considered at all even remotely seriously like paying for ads on any platform right Mm, i don't think so i'm not saying we. i don't remember us talking about any any situation we were like mostly because we don't make money i would not be opposed to it okay Let's, we'll get there in a second. Okay. Uh, basically, here's like the logical, here's the logical extrapolation of that. In order to like come up with a world where no one felt a need to like advertise, again, kind of definition pending for exactly what that means, or a world where at least like your existence wasn't defined by your ability to successfully advertise your product or skills or whatever, uh, we're basically imagining a world where like people have a guaranteed income. So that mm-hmm. they don't have to take a job in order to like survive, right? Would say everyone gets enough money to like live in a very modest home in a comfortable place, and you know put food on the table uh, for their family, right? And yeah. no luxuries beyond that, right? I think if you imagine that world, there'd be a lot of people that would want more than that like baseline and would like seek out some kind of employment or something uh, in order to like better their their lot in life, which is. I guess neither here nor there. It's more like an argument for something like a guaranteed income. Uh, but people would be motivated very differently, right? Because you wouldn't have the feeling necessarily of, man, if I don't do the best possible job for my client by you know, using all this data that we've gleaned from putting this tracker on this website, then 
I might lose my job. And then like, honestly, like all of those things, when you like track it all the way down, it comes down to like, and I might end up homeless, right? (laughs) Yes. Like it's because the floor in America is so low that you can fall so far if you don't meet the standards of what... uh, Well, mine is always... Mine is always well. Then I won't have health care. But yes, homeless too. Right. No health care. Uh, like that. That's a huge thing. It's actually like right around the corner for so many people that are otherwise in like the middle class. And there's tons of people without health care still. So like that's a real thing. Uh, all those things like would need to be guaranteed in a world where advertising was no longer like a motivating force or a strong motivating force. And then like my my like utopian vision for this world where like everyone's base needs are provided for, uh, which we could basically afford right now if we wanted to, if it was our priorities, uh, where everyone's base needs are provided for is a world where like people work on things that they care about. And some, some, some section of the population works on things that can pay them more money because they want to live a relatively luxurious life over the sort of baseline that they're, that they're guaranteed, uh, which I think is also totally fine to be in that sort of chunk of the population. But I would hope we'd find ourselves in a world where people would share things not because it offered some personal profit for them or a profit for the entity that employs them, but they would share things because they had some meaningful effect on their life. So they offered some benefit, right? Sure. Uh, and in that world, it's like, like I, I think about, perfect example. Uh, so did we talk about this over the weekend? Sriracha is a hot sauce, a great hot sauce that is never once advertised ever. Uh, we did not talk about it, but I'm aware of this. Uh, I didn't bring sriracha with me, probably because they didn't advertise to me, but I brought some <laughs> other hot sauces. We did no, have, I, I, we did have I a hot a... sauce off, but sriracha is a, a company among a list of some other companies <clears throat> and products that is famously never once advertised. Uh, the way they worked their ways into like the American market was first by like being on the table of like every Asian restaurant in every city in America, which they did just by trying to make a product that would appeal to like... Uh, both American sensibilities, but also would have some of the sensibilities of the sort of cultures from which these foods came from. And as a result, have this product that just like Sriracha succeeds, right? And I, I'm i not naive enough to think that the way the world works now, that if you just make a good thing, people will find it and it will be successful because yeah. I know from everything I've ever learned about making stuff and every person I've ever worked with, and every company I've ever been employed by, that that is not the case. But I don't know if that would not be the case in this radically different world where people were not motivated so fundamentally, so basely by like survival and survival means creating a need for a product uh, in in the minds of some people so you can then fill that gap, like fill that need and satisfy it, even when it might not be a necessary need. Yeah. And there's so many products too, like on the opposite end of the spectrum from Sriracha that only exist because of effective marketing and are essentially just like nothing terrible products, right? They are nothings that nobody should ever buy or spend money on. Uh, but because of effective advertising, they became a thing people liked. And like the dumb examples of that are like, you know, the pet rock, like people literally sold rocks to people as pets because that was the thing advertising succeeded in doing. And yeah, and I, I, and I would love a world where that couldn't happen where people were just like, I don't have this like, base need need to be filled by this thing and there's not somebody trying to figure out how they can sell me rocks to like make their millions i just i I appreciate your ideal of this and i uh i'm also aware that there are like 10 products that didn't advertise and succeeded um that's i think they're all great stories but they also strike me a little bit as like you know the ted talks where they tell you how they succeeded and you just don't hear about the ted talks from all the people that didn't well Um, but they're they're exceptions in a system that they are dramatically disadvantaged in right well i get that but i but what i was going to say is that in your in your ideal world or just in this in this imagined world um i still can't imagine a case where somebody doesn't have what they think is a good idea and they just want to they just want to try a little bit harder to explain it to people. You know? Well, th- like, I'm not saying that like social networks shouldn't exist, right? Like I think, I think honestly, like the closest thing to what I'm explaining is almost like Reddit. Like Reddit is like a place where if you make a thing, you can find the exact audience for that thing and you can say, look, here's the thing I made. Do you like my thing? And if enough people like it, it will continue to like, you know, grow and, and surface and be like raised to the top of this like pot of all the things people that are 
interested in that topic care about. And Reddit's interesting. Which kind, which sometimes kind of works, but it's also like, it also uh, sometimes just creates a filter for lazy content. So like, I don't, is that, not that we're seeing the world advertise like thoughtful and interesting content, but like Reddit is not, um, is not the solution. Right, Reddit is good for some things. If you if you got some dank memes, they are gonna get to the top without money. But it has not solved the problem of uh, fake news and and bad journalism and uh, lack of thoughtful writing on the internet. Right? No, certainly. Uh, so I don't. Like, I, I just I like just think that, like that's the kind of model that I think <clears throat> could work. It's not that there is not. It's not that in a world without advertising, there wouldn't be platforms where you could you know try and get more people to like care about the thing you care about uh it's just that i think you know i don't know like another good example like uh you know we're we're both obsessed with the movie the room which Mm -hmm. did not do zero advertising because he did buy that one billboard in los angeles for two weeks leading up to the oscars hoping that he would (laughs) get nominated for an oscar uh but beyond that that movie has not been advertised ever and yet it has this like big kind of cult following and i will concede that there are perilously few examples i can think of in the like for-profit business world of products that have succeeded without any advertising but there are abundant examples of like art and culture that have succeeded without any advertising because that's a place where people are frankly less willing to like quote unquote sell out and do some of the things we described in this episode that are like morally and ethically questionable. And also it's an industry where people are driven by not just making a bunch of money in some cases, right? Like a lot of artists are in it because they're like, look, I want to make this thing. I care about this. This is something I have to say. And I just want my voice to be heard. And because their motivation is not money, they're not tracking all the data and buying all the advertising and like budgeting (laughs) things and planning. They're just like dead set on making the thing they love and that art succeeds. And I don't know. That's just, to me, it's like the line between art and like products you can buy is actually like really, really thin, right? Like I think the best products are designed and sold like art, like a cultural product. Uh, it's just that those products get drowned out in the market by products that are over advertised and under deliver because that's what the market rewards. And mm-hmm. I would love a system where people did not care about that. And I know it's extremely utopian, but I'm going to do my little part by running Ghostery and blocking every stupid ad and tracker that pops up on every single website because that's the world I want to live in. You just got to find the right subreddit for this podcast, and then we can finally get our millions of subscribers. I think we would find more listeners if we posted this to a couple different subreddits. Well... Were we not capable of doing that? I mean, we could try. The question is, what does more what does more listeners get us? We're artists, Matt. We're making the thing we want to put into the world. I want tweets. I want people <laughs> tweeting. That time you made fun of Andy was real funny. Good job. You, more you, of that. You just want an audience for your cyberbullying. Yeah, that's uh, that's not inaccurate. You want validation for your good good jokes. Yes, uh, I want some good. I want some good Airbud props. I want some good. Uh, I want some additional. That time you played music under Andy just talking for a long time was a good audio bit. I want all of that, Andy. Yeah, that was, that was a good one. You and I have different Here's some validation. Here's some validation for you, Matt. That was a good joke you made when you played all that music under me talking. One person tweeted about it, but like, I think it should be trending on Twitter. You want that to be on the front page of Reddit on r slash all. Yeah. Shouldn't that be a promoted tweet? We could promote that tweet, and then the world would be like, what's this funny bit? Oh, I'm going to go back and listen to... Uh, the last five years of Matt and Andy talking to each other, so I understand the dynamic, and then that bit is very funny. God, we're going so long, but it's something else that just occurs to me is that <laughs> I think you really, like, I think you find such different people when you are, like, quote-unquote advertising and when you're, like, using the more, like, grassroots kind of model I described where you just kind of, like, put a thing out there and, you know, find people that like it by making yeah. something good and telling people about it. I do uh, think that is true. Like, I don't doubt that we could spend some money on advertising for this podcast and get more, like, listeners, but who would these people be? Like, they'd be the kind of people that click on an ad for a podcast and then listen to it. Who, wow. who is that? Someone who died in front of their keyboard and then fell on it and fell onto an ad and then twitched, twitched a little bit and hit a play button. What are the chances the kind of people that would do that, would click on an ad for a podcast and a promoted tweet or a Facebook 
ad or a Google AdWords thing, wherever we would advertise, who are those people? And would they become like fans of the show? Are they going to like what we have to say? After I mean, not, right now I'm basically throwing shade at them, so they better not find this episode. Yeah, you idiots. If you made it 51 minutes into this episode, you're a dumb idiot, and we don't care for you. You dingus, we spent, Matt and I have spent never all once this been money, affected by advertising. We spent all this money getting you here, and we think you're a bunch of dinguses. Eat that, paid advertised listeners. Or wait, no. We paid the advertising. You clicked on it. You bought advertised listeners. Yeah, we paid for your eyeballs, and now we're abusing them. This is an audio show. All right, we got to end the show at some point. <laughs> we paid for your earballs. Do you have some way to, to wrap this up in a nice bow? I think that it is a hard, you're going to have a hard time finding exactly what is the ethical and unethical version of the ad blocker. But I think it is within your right in this wild, wild west of who knows what you're allowed to track and what you're not allowed to track to block the sites that are the devil. Is that fair? In some ways, like you can make this perfect argument that. If it's supposedly ethical for them to do everything in their power and within the law to get every piece of information about you, then how is it not equally as ethical for you to do everything in your power and within the law to stop them from getting that, right? It's not illegal. Capitalism, do what you want to do. I'm just capitalisming right, at, right back at capitalism, all right? Yeah, so that's what I I'm downloaded doing. the free ad blocker for no money to get away with it. You think any ad blockers advertise? Probably. They probably have funny advertisements like... Here's an ad you're not seeing. You're welcome, ad blocker. Actually, it's kind of like the perfect product for advertising because they <laughs> literally know if you're seeing the ad that you are not a customer of theirs. Like, what I would do, I would just buy, I would just pay for like a, a vinyl decal to put on top of someone else's ad, and then it's like a big X, and then I'd say, brought to you by Ghostery. That's what I'd do. That's my viral marketing campaign. Ghostry, hire us. Hire Matt and Andy Industries to work on yeah, your new sponsor, campaign. Ghostry, sponsor the podcast. Be like, this podcast has no advertising because of Ghostry. Oh, Welcome. this would be great. All right. Got to send right, an email Ghostry. to Ghostry. All right, Ghostry, you're getting an email. You're getting an email that you're not responding to. You're welcome. Yep, you're going to get an email. It's going to go right in the spam. And then <laughs> Ghostry has maybe, great spam filters on their their uh, corporate email accounts. Maybe one person at Ghostry <laughs> will listen to this episode and be like, "We are not attaching our train to these problematic boys." <laughs> they keep saying things that don't make sense. Boys, uh, they don't even believe in advertising. Our product relies on a world that is built on advertising. That's if a good advertising point. Advertising goes away, we go away like a ghost. Wait a minute, how many companies exist? in an industry where if they succeeded in their mission wholly, they would completely put themselves out of business. If Ghostry um, somehow got us to this utopia you've described, or dystopia, I don't know Utopia, it it's utopia. Whatever it is. If they got us there, we don't need a Ghostry, and then we all just sit in our, our uh, brutalist apartments that are minimal, uh, but our basic income can afford, and we eat our gruel, and we don't have to do anything. Matt, don't you know minimalism costs a lot of money? The basic income would not provide for minimalism. No, not minimalism, brutalism. Just like a concrete block that you live in. I don't know. I think I'm not I, talking about. I'm not talking about a. It's a, much cheaper to buy old houses pot. that already exist than to build new concrete rectangles. There already are concrete rectangles. We're just going to move into government buildings. You're just talking that, about prisons. We're going to move into <laughs> government buildings that don't have central air, and they just have the uh, 1,000 air conditioners sticking out the windows uh, because they're too old to put in central air, and it's a hot climate where we're talking about this is all very on topic i think we have to end this podcast all right good night everybody good night wave everybody goodbye, andy wave goodbye to the people andy goodbye to the people andy i said uh, it was good i like what you did <laughs>